Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Life's full of things we can't depend on. Like the Irish weather. Predictably unpredictable. When you're cutting it fine, but the tractor in front is out for the day. No winner of this week's you-know-what. So much for Lucky 7. But some things you can depend on. Like in home heating. Emo, Jones Oil and Campus Oil are now Certa, Delivering the same warmth to your home now and into the future. For home heating you can depend on, see CertaIreland.ie. Robert Fisher and his wife Mary were not in a good place. They had been receiving marriage counseling from their church, and Robert was afraid that she might find out about a recent affair. He didn't want to get a divorce, so he took action to ensure that that would never happen. This is Monsters. Robert Fisher was born on April 13, 1961, in Brooklyn, New York. He was heavily affected by his own parents' divorce, which happened when he was 15 years old. Even as an adult, his co-workers said he would bring it up often. It was said that he vowed that his own marriage would never end in divorce. Robert married Mary Cooper in 1987, and the two went on to have two children, a daughter, Brittany, and a son, Robert Jr., He was described as an extremely controlling person. Some people even described him as cruel. He was physically and emotionally distant with his family. Robert's mother-in-law, Ginny Cooper, said that he was afraid of getting too close to people and then possibly losing them. His children were controlled in every part of their lives. He told them when they could sleep, what they could eat, and how they could dress. He controlled the color the walls were painted in the house, and even how many pictures could be hung on the walls. Mary had to ask permission before she did anything. Robert's mother, Jan Howell, said that his father was also a rigid and controlling man. She called herself a yes-sir wife and said that she never stood up to her husband. She could see the similarities between them. As an avid outdoorsman, Robert wanted his 10-year-old son, Bobby, to hunt and fish with him, but the boy wasn't interested. Family members said that Robert wouldn't accept his son didn't share his interests. Some say he was embarrassed. The only time that Robert had previously had a run-in with police was in 1989 when he shot a stray dog on his property. As he was leaving his house at 3 p.m., a stray pit bull ran into his yard toward him. 
Robert's dog at the time, a black lab named Ruger, saw the offending pit bull and ran out of the house to protect his owner. As the two dogs started to fight, Robert grabbed a 9mm pistol from inside of his house and shot the pit bull from about 4 feet away. The stray dog ran off and was picked up about 100 yards away, which is about the same in meters, by animal control. Robert took his dog to the vet where he was treated for cuts. On the last day the family was seen, Robert took his 12-year-old daughter, Brittany, to the National Junior Honor Society ceremony where she was supposed to get an award. She was honored for outstanding academic achievements, which would be a pretty big deal to most parents. It was reported that Robert got bored during the ceremony and made his daughter leave before she could get her award. He was clearly a father that did not have any interest in his children. He did want to make sure his family looked like the perfect family to other people. After high school, Robert joined the United States Navy and attempted to become a Navy SEAL, but failed to qualify. He then became a firefighter after his discharge, but eventually got into the medical field and was working as a respiratory therapist at the Mayo Hospital in Scottsdale at the time of the murders. Robert's supervisor said that he was an excellent employee who was always on time and regularly volunteered to stay late if needed. He was scheduled to be at work at 8 a.m. on the morning of the fire, but hadn't shown up. He was not the type of employee to not call in if he was going to be late or absent. The family was active with their church and by all outward appearances looked like a normal loving family. People didn't know the controlling abusive environment that was happening behind closed doors. Their perfect image came crashing down in 1998 when Robert and Mary requested marriage counseling from their church. It seems that Robert had been unfaithful more than once. The first time, he wrote Mary a note to confess that he had slept with another woman. She told him that she needed space, so he planned to spend a month camping, but returned home after only a few days. He promised that from then on, he would be a, quote, godly father and husband, end quote. Robert confided in a buddy that he was going to commit to his faith and his marriage because he could not live without his family. Robert later told co-workers that he had had a sexual encounter with a prostitute at a massage parlor. He was worried that Mary would find out, and that was the reason for his urinary tract infection. It's unclear if Mary found out about that infidelity or if she found out about a different one. It's suspected that Robert was having an affair with a co-worker, but nothing had been confirmed. Either way, it's believed that Mary found out about an indiscretion by her husband and planned to divorce him. Of course, Robert Fisher was not about to let his marriage end in divorce. When Robert returned home from Britney's award ceremony, the subject of divorce must have come up. Neighbors claimed that they could hear the couple fighting. One neighbor, Wade Renksock, said that the Fishers did not have a happy marriage. He said that they fought regularly and you could hear her scream at him, quote, You're worthless. I could have done better. We should get a divorce. End quote. On the evening of April 9th, 2001, Robert killed his wife and two children sometime between 9.30 p.m. and 10.15 p.m. Shortly after the murders, he unhooked a gas line from the furnace, placed a candle on a table, and poured a line of gas down the hallway. This makeshift delayed ignition setup was estimated to give him approximately 10 hours before it ignited. At 8.42 a.m. the following morning, 
the Fisher House exploded. It shook houses for half a mile around it. When the first officer arrived on the scene, he saw the Fisher House engulfed in flames. Fire was pouring out of either side of the home and hitting the neighbors' houses. There was a silver Dodge Ram parked in the carport next to the house, and that was the only vehicle on site. The officer saw a man standing in front of the front door to his house, and when he yelled at him to get away from his house, the man didn't move. As the officer ran to confront him, ammunition inside the Fisher house began going off. It turned out, the neighbor was specifically standing where he was because he was protected by a brick wall. The officer took cover with the neighbor until the gunfire stopped and both men ran to the road and took cover behind some vehicles. Firefighters were able to keep the blaze from spreading to other houses, but the Fisher house was destroyed. Two-thirds of the house had completely burned from the east end going west. The roof was mostly gone and the carport had collapsed. The Dodge truck was burned along the front. Inside, most of the walls and belongings were burned, but there was a large gun safe that was relatively unharmed. When the safe was opened, they found four rifles, a shotgun, and a lot of ammunition. Once the fire was out, the bodies of Mary, Brittany, and Bobby were discovered in separate bedrooms, but Robert was nowhere to be found. Once an autopsy confirmed the causes of death for the mother and her two children, Robert became the prime suspect. Their family dog, Blue, was also missing from the scene. The medical examiner determined that the two children had severe cuts across their throats that led to their deaths. Mary was shot once in the left rear of her head, along with having her throat slashed. All three victims were deceased prior to the fire, which was believed to be set solely to cover up the murders. Police interviewed neighbors and witnesses who said that Robert usually drove the Dodge truck and that Mary drove a white Toyota 4Runner. The Dodge truck was unlocked and all of the windows were open, but there was nothing of value inside that would help the investigation. When police went to search his locker at the Mayo Hospital, it turned out that Robert had cleaned it out the previous day. An employee would later find three photographs in a different locker, but that was all that was left behind by Robert. One was a photo of his son, Robert Jr., and the other two were of himself. Robert was spotted on an ATM camera at 10.43 p.m., and Mary's Toyota 4Runner could be seen in the background. He withdrew $280 in cash, which they thought was an odd number. He has never attempted to access money from their bank account ever since. On April 12, 2001, police got a tip that Robert was seen with a white female in a bar in Rye, Arizona. Rye is a town of about 60 people out in the middle of nowhere about an hour and a half northeast of Phoenix, up State Road 87. A bartender said that a man and a woman had come into the bar on April 10th, and the woman immediately went to the bathroom. While she was in the bathroom, the man ordered a shot of Johnny Walker Red Whiskey, a drink that friends and family members said was Robert's favorite. When the woman came out of the bathroom, the couple talked for a few minutes before the man approached the bar again and ordered a club soda, claiming that the woman didn't feel well. The bartender said she only saw the woman take a sip before the pair exited the bar. When detectives showed the bartender a picture of Robert Fisher, she said, quote, that's the guy, end quote. She said the woman was 5 foot 2 inches tall, 125 to 130 pounds, 
brown eyes, and long, straight black hair. Police then went to the Mayo Hospital and talked to the Human Resources Department to see if there were any women working there that matched that description and had either stopped showing up or had taken vacation time, but they hit a dead end. On April 20, 2001, Mary's Toyota 4Runner was located at one of Robert's favorite hunting spots in Tonto National Forest, about 100 miles or 160 kilometers north of Scottsdale. Blue was found alive inside the vehicle along with an Oakland Raiders hat, which Robert was seen wearing in the ATM video. Investigators also noted that there was a pile of human excrement on the ground outside of the passenger door. The vehicle was transported back to Scottsdale Police Headquarters, where it was searched. In one of the cup holders in the center console was a yellow sticky note with the website for the Scottsdale Unified School District written on it. The other cup holder had a green cup which had dark residue inside, likely dried coffee. The rest of the vehicle had loose change, hair ties, and receipts, but nothing that would point in the direction of where Robert would have gone. The area was searched, but due to the location and the size of the forest, it was impossible to look everywhere. There were multiple caves in the area, and some people theorized that Robert had used them to hide. Other people believed that he went out into the wilderness and committed suicide. The Fort Apache Indian Reservation was less than a mile from where the forerunner was located, and authorities never searched that property. On July 19, 2001, the state of Arizona issued an arrest warrant charging Robert Fisher with three counts of first-degree murder and one count of arson. The United States District Court for the District of Arizona has also charged him with unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. On June 29, 2002, he was placed on the FBI's 10 Most Wanted list. Federal authorities were called from a pizzeria in Virginia in August of 2001, after a broadcast about Robert Fisher was on America's Most Wanted. The caller identified himself as Robert. He wasn't. In the years after the murders, people in the neighborhood where the Fishers lived have reported seeing a man matching Robert's description driving in the area. In February of 2004, a man matching Robert's description was taken into custody in White Rock, British Columbia, Canada. He had the same facial structure, short haircut, had surgical scars on his back, and had a missing tooth where Robert had had a gold tooth. It turned out that the man's fingerprints didn't match Robert's. People suggested that Robert may have altered his fingerprints, but authorities said that his fingers showed no signs of trauma. On the other hand, he ran from tactical officers who surrounded his girlfriend's home, and authorities could not account for his whereabouts for the decade between 1991 and 2001. He was held for a week before a relative identified him. The Canadian police released the man and refused to disclose his identity for safety reasons. Robert Fisher should be considered armed and dangerous. If you think you've seen him, contact your local FBI office. He is currently 60 years old, has experience in the medical field and as a firefighter. He has scars on his lower back from surgery, has a noticeable gold crown on his upper left bicuspid. He's an avid outdoorsman and was a heavy tobacco chewer. He was possibly last seen with a woman with straight black hair. If you're the victim of domestic abuse, please reach out to someone for help. 
please call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233, or go to thehotline.org to chat with someone online. The great thing about this website is that, at any time, hitting the escape key twice will instantly take your browser to a Google search page. In the event the abuser is nearby, you can assure that you don't get caught trying to get help. If you're having feelings of harming yourself or someone else, or even just need someone to talk to, please contact your local mental health facility, call 911, or call Mental Health America, who operate the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. They're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Be safe. Thanks so much for watching this video. You can help us out by hitting the like button or leaving us a comment. You can also subscribe to the show to ensure you don't miss an episode. Also, remember that if you'd like to support the show, the easiest way is to donate a few bucks at Buy Me a Coffee or check out some of our merchandise at Teespring. You can find information on how to do that along with links to our social media at thisismonsters.com. Thanks again. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Life's full of things we can't depend on. Like the Irish weather, predictably unpredictable. When you're cutting it fine, but the tractor in front is out for the day. No winner of this week's you-know-what. So much for lucky seven. But some things you can depend on. Like in home heating. Emo, Jones Oil and Campus Oil are now Certa, Delivering the same warmth to your home now and into the future. For home heating you can depend on, see certaireland.ie.